This is the Oanda Podcast. Well, you're listening to the Oanda Market Insights Podcast with me, Johnny Hart, where we review and preview all the big business and market stories of the week with Oanda Senior Market Analysts from across the world. And today it is Ed Moyer, who is in New York. Good afternoon from London, Ed. How are you doing? Fantastic to be here. And, and it's great to close out this wild week with you. The pleasure is all mine. And of course, it is the first Friday of the month. That can only mean one thing. It's non-farm payroll day. I know how much you love non-farm payroll day. Looking at the numbers, the US economy saw an increase in hiring as restrictions eased, although fewer jobs than expected. Uh, 559,000, and that was, of course, driven by reopenings in restaurants and bars and hotels in particular. But that didn't quite reach economists' expectations. So how have markets reacted? Well, I think this was uh, quite the shocker. Uh, there, you know, there, there's the consensus estimate, and, and as you highlighted, it was a miss. But everyone was expecting a higher number. The, the whisper number was closer to 800,000. And uh, I think when you when you take that into consideration, um, there was also some high hopes that the dismal uh, April reading of 266,000 was going to get significantly revised higher. That only got a bump up to 278,000. So, so I think you're seeing uh, the market for the most part, you know, really getting a, a reality check here as far as you know how quickly this labor market's recovering. And uh, it, it, it goes to show when you take a look at the price action, treasury yields tank, the dollar uh, seemed poised for a rebound and it quickly gave up all those gains and turned negative because we are still nowhere near substantial progress for the labor market recovery. And what does that mean? The Fed is going to remain ultra accommodative um, a little while longer. And while yes, the economy is improving, jobs are coming back, it's going to be a messy labor market recovery. And that's just going to really, I think, kind of uh, delay all these taper talk plans. And, and, and right now you're seeing, I think, uh, a market that is now repricing ex- their expectations for when the Fed will seriously discuss tapering and then eventually do it. And then that's when you start the countdown to interest rate hikes. So it looks like the rest of the summer is going to be, uh, I think, uh, more just waiting for for a further confirmation that we're getting these jobs back. And right now the hole is still about 5 million jobs. So we need to recover 5 million jobs before the Fed can really start to get closer to um, actually tapering. So, it, you know, I think once once they kind of recover another 3 million or so, then you're probably going to have the conversations really intensify. So it, it seems that we could have a couple more months of just wait and see. So that, that could... Uh, bring us the doldrums of summer trading um, for us. We have a saying here, Ed, one swallow doesn't make a spring. And yes, uh, these figures that we see each month are quite unreliable, aren't they? Sometimes they're higher or lower than expectations. And then you go to the next month and we're back to square one. We have, as you said earlier on, seen two disappointing months recently. But maybe we should wait one more month and then we'll have a real good idea as to what's going on. Yes, that's true, but we have to remember too, all the service, the surveys that we've been getting from businesses, there is a shortage problem for hiring. And, and uh, in, 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 the unemployment benefits, they're gonna start to go away. So you're gonna see the pressure. The red states have been pretty 
quick to uh, end the uh, extended uh, unemployment benefits, and that's going to really kick in in June. So you're, you're going to see that uh, people are not going to be getting those extra hundreds of dollars into the, their bank accounts. That's going to motivate a lot of people, especially the lower paying jobs. Um, but if you if you if you take a look at you know the the ism uh surveys businesses are struggling to get talent and you're going to see that be weight that's going to translate into wage pressure um but uh, i i think it, it's it companies are are hesitant to increase wages because you really can't go backwards so it is going to complicate i think the the uh the, the recovery so so i think you're going to see that investors are are you know everyone's going to be expecting and well june is going to be much better especially because you have the uh the ending of these these extended benefits but we're still nowhere near where we thought we would have been a couple months ago i think at this point people were really anticipating that we would have increased uh the, the labor market by at least two million jobs and you know in today's report we saw the participation rate drop so there there's a it, it's it's going to be a lot harder than people anticipate and uh, i think the other key thing that is really delaying um, optimism is we're we're seeing infrastructure spending talks continue to drag on and the longer biden takes to to, to finalize a deal uh, you're, you're going to see that's going to have a, a weighing impact too so so i think um you know i'm still optimistic that the labor market's going to bounce back stronger uh, over these next few months, but I, I think it's going to be a much slower pace than the, the the market has been hoping for, and that's going to mean we're we're going to have to deal with a lot more dovishness from the Fed over these next uh, next couple months. Interestingly, we have the same problem here about the supply of labor and hiring of labor. Uh, the main excuse or reason they're coming up with over this side of the Atlantic is the fact that post Brexit. A lot of the European labour uh, went back home and hasn't returned because of COVID and so on. What's the reason for that labour problem in the US? Some of it um, is uh, because people, a lot of families and, and uh, most households, you know, both uh, heads of households work. And uh, with children, you uh, really can't um, fully fully work with uh, with um, with the younger children, that is. Um, I think you're also uh, seeing that uh, be, because of the, uh, I think, uh, snapback that we've seen in the service sector, uh, you're, you're, you're having uh, um, a pickup with, uh, you know, millennials going back to work. But a lot of the, uh, the, the boomer generation, they're, they're, um, some are, have retired early, some have not. Are not willing to go back to work uh, until you know it, it's worth their while, uh, and, and uh, I, I think that you're you know you have you know the 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 younger and the older people who um, are just it, it it's not coming back as quickly as people uh, anticipated. So so I think there's there's a uh, certain factors there, um, but but uh, in the end too, we have a chip shortage which has really derailed a lot of a. Uh, uh, manufacturing jobs and have prevented some hiring so there's 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 other factors too impacting that uh, and I, I think that um, you know as we get to past those problems uh, as far as the chip shortage goes I think you'll you'll start to see a, a greater um, improvement in, in the short term 
Okay, let's move on to another story, Ed. Now, talk about a roller coaster week for the theatre chain AMC. Stock prices dropping from record highs. And in fact, AMC warned its investors that they'd be better off staying away. And meanwhile, the other so called uh, meme stocks continued their volatile runs. Now, looking at the roller coaster numbers, they doubled on Wednesday, AMC. Then they dropped. I think 18% on Thursday. How is AMC doing right now? Oh, of course, AMC is rallying. <laughs> naturally. Uh, yeah, naturally. Uh, the, the, the company is considering selling more shares. And uh, to, uh, to the novice uh, stock trader, you know, typically when a company announces they're going to sell shares, you're diluting <laughs> the amount that is out there. So your share prices typically go down. In this case, this has been viewed as um, just uh, in the mean trading world as just good news because AMC is going to have more money to do things. Um, but uh, it is fascinating to see um, how you know the company who had uh, only a uh, hundred million shares is now going to have over five hundred million shares, and you're seeing uh, stock prices closer to the mid fifties. Uh, where, you know, your typical analysts, when you're, you know, for, let's say we didn't have this meme trading sensation, you know, AMC would probably be trading around $10 or less. Uh, so so it, it's, uh, it's yes, it, it, was a, it was a short squeeze. It was then followed by momentum. People just, um, the AMC apes, they uh, just uh, found this as their next mission. Uh, we had GameStop really lead the charge in, in end of January, and now it's this is AMC's time to shine. And uh, you're, you're you're having uh, investors all over um, remain committed to trading AMC. And uh, what's interesting is uh, hedge funds, money managers, they're now taking part in this, and and they they you know they're 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 happy to help pump the stock, uh, and they don't care. You know how high it goes. They're 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 momentum trading right now, uh, and then when it comes crashing down, they're buying options and or they're they're using the options market because it's very liquid to uh, just capitalize using this that extra leverage on 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 both the up and down swings. So it's it is likely to to remain in place for some time until we have a a different story for. Uh, U.S. stocks, which you know, continue to hover around record highs. I mean, if you take a look at stocks for the last few months, couple months, it's been really range bound. Uh, so, so I think you're going to see this uh, wild, wild west trading remain in place because the the retail trader is committed, and you know, they're 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 buying options, you know, you know, left and right, and and uh, you're you're, you're going to see that uh, I think that that was apparent across Bed Bath and Beyond, GameStop, Costs. There, there's a uh, a handful of stocks that they're trying to do this, and uh, I mean, obviously, we've seen this movie. It's not going to end well for a lot of retail traders that are just going to uh, anticipate that you know AMC is going to go to a hundred dollars or even higher. Um, and and uh, I, I think that uh, you're probably down the road um, going to see the SEC kind of address this type of market volatility. This is not healthy for your your typical investor. So it, it's the wild, wild west. And I think you're going to see that this type of trading, though, is is really um, uh, drawing lots of comparisons, I think, to the dot-com bu bubble. But 
I think what's different is that um, when meme stock trading blows up, uh, it's going to be an isolated incident. This is, I don't think this is going to have uh, a, a broader impact on, 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 on the S&P 500 and, and uh, you know, the, the rest of the major indices. I, I think that right now, in, in January, that was a different story because that was affecting financial, that was affecting liquidity conditions in the financial system. Uh, brokerages were struggling to operate. They were uh, undercapitalized. Um, that's not happening right now. So I think that this would be an isolated incident, but it, it is the... It's the wildest trade right now, and uh, it shows no signs of easing just yet. Talking of more roller coasters, uh, it's a real trip to the funfair, uh, the fairground uh, this week. We've had some interesting cryptocurrency uh, news as well. Elon Musk has tweeted a meme which implied he's breaking up his relationship with Bitcoin, and that's had an effect, obviously. I don't know if you saw the meme. He's shared it and said hashtag bitcoin and a heartbreak emoji this is a long way from the stock exchange that my father took me to when i was about eight years old in london when you had chaps in top hats this is uh, a million miles away from that ed i i think the the tweet last night um i i saw it and i i had to retweet and comment it was um surprising I, I think that uh, everyone was on standby. They were waiting to see, you know, exactly what is Tesla doing? What is Elon Musk doing? He's talked about working with Dogecoin developers. Uh, and obviously you saw, you know, Bitcoin come under tremendous pressure. Actually, it was across the board. Um, all the cryptos were were selling off. Uh, and, uh, you know, I, I do think that uh, him tying in Linkin Park was... Uh, Pretty, pretty uh, comical, but uh, you know, I think you know, cryptocurrency in investors, uh, we're not laughing. I think uh, uh, the the uncertainty as far as what Musk is doing um, with Bitcoin is is really aggravating a lot of these retail traders. Uh, but I, I think what's what's interesting though is you're you're starting to see though uh, um, a lot of these other crypto crypto supporters become very vocal. Uh, I think I think that you're you're probably in in this environment uh, um, going to you know quickly find out whether or not retail throws in the towel or not. And right now, I mean, uh, it, it does seem they are adamant to uh, to maintaining their long term bet on Bitcoin. Um, I think uh, a lot of people took some um, uh, relief from uh, Justin's son, uh, his tweet just saying that he's willing to buy you know, all of the Bitcoin that Musk sells. I think that you're starting to see that, uh, um, you know, he, there, there are still a lot of people that um, believe this is the future and uh, they're, they're ready to double down. Um, and and uh, when you take a look at what's happening on corporate America, right now that's just on standby. Uh, no one, no one is embracing cryptos right now. I think you're going to see in these next couple months, um, uh, major progress probably in Bitcoin addressing the ESG concerns. Uh, but, uh, more importantly, I think you're going to see the, the fed is going to announce, um, U.S. government's going to come out with more guidelines for their digital dollar, which will, you know, really translate into what Bitcoin, uh, <laughs> Bitcoin's regulatory hurdles that are coming. But I, I think. There is optimism that uh, Bitcoin will be able to uh, to uh, survive both those events, and, and and I think that is uh, 
why you're still seeing prices, you know, hover, you know, in that mid 30,000 level. I think you're in for an extended consolidation here. Um, but, you know, obviously what if, if Tesla decided to dump all their Bitcoin shares, you know, I, I would anticipate 30,000 would break. But we need to have more clarity from Elon Musk. Is this is this like a, a high school breakup when you're you, you know, quickly get back together in, in the next week or so? We'll we'll find out. But um, I think uh, Musk is definitely providing um, some uh, unnecessary swings for Bitcoin. Right. I think we've got a bit of time left to talk OPEC. Ed, before we talk about next week, oil jumping to two-year highs this week. Uh, what's happening with OPEC? OPEC Plus, uh, they they um, they had a surprisingly easy easy meeting on output. I think that uh, everyone, uh, for the most part, was anticipating a very uh, um, um, strong debate over whether or not you were going to see uh, um, some countries make that push for we need to raise output. Um, you know, the global um, crude demand outlook has really improved dramatically as, as Europe uh, has turned a, a corner with COVID and as the U.S. driving season is kicking off. And there's uh, strong signs that uh, um, people are booking vacations, people, car rentals are hard to get a hold of, uh, car sales are even uh, more disheartening as people are paying $5,000 above list price. There is a ton of uh, driving that we're going to see, which is probably um, going to, to, to support, uh, I think, uh, the, the demand uh, outlook for, for throughout the entire summer. And, and uh, OPEC Plus easily said no we're going to stick to our plans to to raise production in july we're not going to tweak anything uh and uh they're they they really um aren't ready to discuss anything beyond july and i think the the reason is because no one has a handle as far as what is going to happen with iran um i think the nuclear deal talks you know this is entering a pivotal stage for them and uh iranian output could increase by 500,000 barrels in the next uh, two quarters or a million. Uh, and if let's say talks stall, you know, we, we, and Iran has no sanction relief. Uh, that, that, that's, that is not the base case, but it is a growing risk. And that could even mean uh, oil prices could uh, surge the, um, another five to 10% if, uh, we, we, we don't see, uh, um, this nuclear deal revived. So there's a, there's a lot that people are, um, the OPEC plus is waiting to see exactly what happens there. Um, but for now it, it just seems that we're going to have a tight market as the oil demand outlook improves. Uh, you're, 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 you're going to see that stockpiles continue to draw down and, uh, yes, OPEC has a lot of spare capacity, but I think that, um, you know, we're looking at higher oil prices for the rest of the year. I think, uh, un unless we are surprised with, a a complete removal of all sanctions, which seems very unlikely. Um, you're 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 gonna you're gonna see, I think, higher oil prices going forward. So, um, OPEC plus nowhere near giving us any reasons to be worried about oversupply or them bringing on more production than needed. And uh, I think what's really been allowing OPEC to have this stance is because the Biden administration is not being friendly for U.S. production to increase. You're gonna see. Uh, you know, digging of oil in, in federal land is not happening. You're going to see U.S. production remain, I think, below 11 million barrels per day. And that 
is allowing OPEC plus to really, I think, uh, um, capture the market share when, uh, when when we start to see things improve over these next few months. So uh, oil looks like it's going to continue to rise higher um, and uh, as, as oversupply concerns are nowhere near being found. Okay, Ed, before we let you go and enjoy your weekend, what should we look ahead to over the next uh, week or so? Well, I, I think I think um, next the, the upcoming week we're going to see uh, the uh, IAEA will have a meeting, and that is going to be critical for um, uh, I think uh, just uh, the Iran nuclear um, talks. I think you're going to see that uh, that is is uh, going to kick off on Monday. Um, I think there's a lot of expectations that uh, you know the, the I think. Uh, the world powers will reconvene on Thursday. That, that to me is is the the the, the main event. Um, we do have a um, um, a few um, rate decisions that are important to watch. Uh, Bank of Canada um, is going to uh, have a policy meeting. Now remember they had a very hawkish April meeting, so we're probably going to see them. Um, uh, really not rock the boat, and I think you're not going to get much out of them, but I think they're going to just continue to emphasize the improving outlook for the economy. Um, Poland uh, is going to have a rate decision as well. They're going to likely, get, I think, maintain record low borrowing costs, but, you know, inflation is spiking there, so, you know, the the uh, the pressure to raise later in the year is is growing, raise interest rates, that is. And then uh, Thursday, um, everyone is going to you know, remain uh, fixated on the ECB. Uh, the pet buying is going to remain intact. You know, we possibly see them be ready to lower it in the third quarter. Uh, and then also on Thursday, we have jobless claims and CPI. You know, inflation is, is you know, the other big theme uh, that Wall Street's uh, focused on. And you're probably going to see uh, a little bit of deceleration in that price growth. But it's still, it's still you know, everyone is, is concerned about pricing pressure. So that's going to be a a big report and then on on friday we get uk uh, industrial production trade balance uh always important to, to to follow and then also we have the russian central bank rate decision uh that's a live meeting they could raise by 25 or 50 basis points that's going to be uh closely watched as well so it's a it's a fairly busy week um you're gonna probably probably see um, some traders too also um, focus on um, uh, Chinese uh, trade data um, and just seeing exactly how how strong their economic recovery uh, is going, how our, our exports and imports continuing to surge, and then um, also to pricing pressures from China. That could be uh, provide a, a little bit of a better indicator as far as global inflation. So a um, busy week, um, and uh, I think you're, you'll see that uh, um, we'll probably get surprised with some other um, events and uh, I think the meme stop trading will remain wild next week. Excellent stuff. Ed, thanks very much for joining us today and uh, enjoy your weekend. Thank you, you too. The Oanda Podcast.